Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. She said, people change all the time. We just never give attention to those people. We only give it to young, sexy, 20 and 30-somethings because that's what our culture is obsessed with. She says, we're always evolving. Yeah. So I, I like to think I like to think I Rose Kalich that. is right. Yeah. I hope she's right. Uh, she better be. <laughs> Y'all, it never fails. I don't know what it is about when I do the intro outros, but I am a hot fucking mess every fucking time like this is like the fourth time and the last one was pretty good except that my ac went on because i forgot i had the ac on because it's like nice out we have like our windows open and i must have just forgotten to turn off the ac which is gross i know um good morning how are you or good evening good afternoon i don't know where you're at i don't know what time you're listening I feel like I'm being really aggressive right now in this intro-outro, being like, where are you? What time are you listening, you sons of bitches? Um, if you can't tell, I am a little raspy. I don't think I'm sick. I, I literally think it's – um, this is kind of the coolest morning we've had in a really long time, so the windows are open. It's quite nice. I'm not going to lie. Um, but it is a little bittersweet because it does mean – Fall is right around the corner, uh, which means summer is ending. And I'm a summer girl. I really am. I know it's not for everyone, uh, but it's always what I'm happiest. And I've had a, this has been a crazy summer. I don't know about y'all. It's been a lot of highs, a lot of lows, uh, riding those waves. Um, so here we are, which is also why have there been some gaps in entertainment for you? Yes. And that's all on me, y'all. And I apologize. But again, it's been crazy. Uh, but no excuses. And we're getting right back on track. I'm very excited uh, to be back with you, back with my guests, back with the pod. Um, and what comes with that? I think we're going to start doing video. I know. I'm going to have to put on makeup during these interviews. I'm not ready for that. But it's time, right? I got to I gotta move with the time. This is – am I just turning this into my live diary? I am. Why do I do this with every intro outro? I don't know. And I promise you, we have guests. This isn't a solo episode. And I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode. I got to speak, um, sit down and speak with Kristen Meisner and Jolena Greenberg um, about them and their podcast, How to Be Fine. And one, you should definitely download that immediately. Listen, smash that subscribe button for them. Uh, you're going to really like it. And they talk about it a little bit in the podcast as well. So I'm going to let them explain it a little bit more and where it came from. But we talk a little bit about how to be fine, where the idea came from. And we talk a lot about Sex and the City, specifically Che, my favorite topic in the world, um, and how they feel about that character. And some new like realizations that they brought to the table um, about Che and you know Sex and the City. And of course, our gal, Carrie. And we talk about being in different places in your life and not wanting to be put in a box. Like that's a big part of where their podcast came from, right? Well, self-help books say there's like a certain t amount of types of people, right? Um, you know, I love astrology. I'm such an astrology slut. Like, are there only 12 types of people in like astrology? What does that mean? Why do we put ourselves in these boxes 
and I do it all the time. Like I say this um, after this podcast, I was like, hmm, this is really interesting. I do this. I do these things. I like to hear the checklist of myself based on like, you know, when I was born, where I was born, um, uh, like Myers-Briggs, like anything, any Cosmo quiz you can give me. I'm taking it. I want to know who I am or how I'm perceived by this test because then you assume like, oh, that's how I'm perceived by other people. And I wonder where that comes from. I don't know enough about the psychology about that. I will say I think a little bit for me is that I am a Leo and I love being told cool things about myself. I love being told I'm a Leo. I love being told I have these attributes. Um, It definitely strokes my ego. I think there is a lot of ego into it. And so what happens when you take away these boxes and these checklists to ourselves, right? And how does that affect ourselves um, personally, ourselves, how we see each other within relationships, how we see ourselves in jobs, how we see ourselves in friendships, anything, right? Our relationships with strangers. What does that mean? group work? What what does that look like? Um, and I think that can be a little scary, especially for myself. I don't know about y'all. Um, so I really can't wait until you listen. Tell me how you feel. Smash that subscribe button for how to be okay. I'm sorry, not how to be okay. I'm not okay. How to be fine. And you can listen to it where you can listen to any podcast. And I'll see you on the other side. So how do y'all know each other, actually? We know each other because we worked a job together. Uh, We worked uh, for a news show back in the day. And Kristen was like the culture reporter. She had, you know, a respectable job there. And I was the administrative assistant. um, I just want to interject and say Joe Lenta's job (laughs) was also respectable. It was just as real and respectable. and she also <laughs> did those um, spots where it's like, this episode is brought to you by the Blah Blah Foundation. Yeah. And so she I did, did all of those spots okay. too. Yeah. 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 We were working at a radio news show and I would be like, this show is sponsored by Blah Blah. Um, yeah. And then I would also go get the mail <laughs> for this one news show and like lug around their piles of books and, you know, make sure everyone signed their timesheets. Uh, and Kristen and I became friends because... The show we worked on was a bit, a bit stuffy, a bit of your like, you know, a bit of a bit of a show that thinks it's a highbrow news show, which it was. <laughs> um, and Kristen was the only one who had seen like the latest movie, or you know, knew who I was talking about if I said Lisa Vanderpump. Um, <laughs> and so we pretty quickly became friends, and then. Uh, because I was sort of working a billion jobs and trying to figure my life out, I was like, I want to make a podcast about this, and I'm going to live by self-help books that I've stolen from this news show. I didn't really steal it. News shows just get sent tons of books because everyone wants the show to cover their books. So I would sort of, I would sort of adopt all the self-help books that came in, uh, and I was like, I want to make a show where I live by self-help books. So I brought the idea to Kristen because I was like, you're my friend and you make audio. And she was like, this is a great <laughs> idea, but we're both too busy. So then we forgot about the idea for a while until Kristen was working at a different company and they were having sort of a po- internal podcast pitch contest. And we pitched my idea and it became a show called By the Book, which has now morphed into a show called How to Be Fine. And it's all because we met 
when I was like delivering Kristen her mail at work. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I love this. Um, one of my favorite things about the podcast is um, normally when like I need something like mentally, that guest has it. Like I literally just left my job abruptly and I was like, oh, this is no longer a good fit. And you were like trying to figure out my life. And that's literally like where I am in my life right now of like, what's happening? What am I doing with my life? What's going on? I've been in comedy for 10 plus years. Not that I want to stop, but it's like, where's my direction? What's my day job? Yeah. Um, so can you, do you mind talking about that a little bit more where you're like, I didn't know what I was doing with my life? Uh, yeah, I had just finished acting school. I went to like a conservatory for acting. Um, so I just finished that and I was teaching children's theater at the theater company where I'd studied. So I was doing that part-time. I was working at this radio station news show part-time. I was also nannying. Um, I was working in a box mm -hmm. office for a theater. I was working like anywhere between three to five jobs. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm like 25. I should at least have like a direction all these jobs are heading other than like sort of amorphous entertainment slash just, you know, money job gigs and I felt just like very much at sea and mm -hmm. I really loved all the sort of open-ended promises that self-help books offered you know I was like in the prime prime spot to be like taken advantage of by self-help books because they were <laughs> like you feel like shit I have the answer and I was like oh my god I totally feel like shit even more than normal <laughs> Yeah, Jolenta oftentimes jokes that yeah. this is a time of her life where she easily could have been recruited into a cult. I'm surprised I wasn't. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised I wasn't. Um, no, I guess Although I was, once, I was once approached by someone in Nexium because, like, if you worked in acting and theater at all, like, in the early, like, 2010s, you got approached, but I literally didn't have enough money to take their introductory course. So <laughs> that's how well I was doing. I couldn't even join a cult. Um, couldn't afford it. Uh, and so, oh, sorry. Oh, oh, I was just, no, no, no. I, was I, was, I don't know where You're I was going to go, so please cut me off. Oh, can I just interject really quickly, oh, though? Yeah. Oh, and absolutely. Say, okay, yeah. So Jolenta talking about Nexium, what is so great about this is that experience more than a decade back of possibly being recruited into Nexium comes into one of our episodes of How to Be Fine, where we it's talk true. about Nexium because Jolenta actually has like inside, you know, information and so on. And so on How to Be Fine, we don't live by self-help books anymore like we did on By the Book, but we just dive into different wellness types of topics. And Nexium originally mm -hmm. built itself as, you know, kind of a life coaching institute. Um, it was supposed to be for wellness. They never advertised themselves as a cult, but um, I highly recommend people listen to that episode just to hear Jolenta's story of like, oh yeah, I really want to join this thing. Damn oh. it. Oh, I can't afford it. Darn it. Darn, I can't afford it. <laughs> so in the same time where uh, she was feeling not fine, how were you? Like, how? where were you mentally and, like, emotionally? Um, I, I, I've always been pretty even-keeled and pretty jolly. Like, something that we joke about on the show oh, is I that, that. Yeah. I have resting jolly face. You know how some people have resting bitch face? <laughs> Kind of like a golden yeah. retriever, like just a smile on always. Like, hey, 
Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? What's up? Hey, hey, it's a beautiful day, isn't it? Look at that. What do you have to be grateful for today? I'm going to tell you what I have to be grateful for. Oh, I just had the best glass of water. It was so cold and good. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm not saying I, I don't bitch and moan or complain. I mean, I am a professional critic. I'm still a film critic and a culture critic. And um, I talk about the British Royals and reality TV, and there's a lot to bitch and moan about there. So it's not that I'm not critical of things or that I don't complain. Mm -hmm. But I would say for the most part, um, I am not somebody who self-help books are trying to advertise to. I'm the person who, when mm -hmm. a self-help book is presented to me, my first thought is like, this is a pile of crap. Or, you know, I don't believe mm -hmm. these promises. Yeah. Or really? There's only 16 yeah. types of people on the entire planet out of the one point whatever billion? Really? There's only 16 types. I, I don't know about that Myers and Briggs. Really? I don't think so. Um, and likewise, <laughs> all of you astrology people. Really? There's only 12 kinds of humans? I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. Joe Lynch is like, mm -mm, I love astrology. don't touch my astrology. <laughs> I would say I am a slut for astrology. Yeah. Uh, Chinese astrology, the 12 month astrology. I'm so down yeah. for it. I'm like, cause what it is, I, for me, it's that it, um, so I'm a Leo. And so I love like, tell me everything that's great about me, you know? And yeah. that's all astrology does. It's like, oh, this is what you're, you're good so at. This, good you're good at. at that. I, love I bet that. you're a great artist. I bet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Natural leader. Oh, you make people feel good about themselves, but that's a really good, I think, mix for the type of podcast that you're doing. Um, because you want someone that's like, Hey, let's look, you know, the brighter side, but also be skeptical. I love someone who's skeptical, but like, they're like, but everything's yeah. going to work out. I think that's a very good thing to do. And then to also just have someone be like, like to be kind of in the trenches as well of just like, yeah, like I'm not fine right now. Like I know shit's hitting the fan. I think it's a very good balance and it makes it way more um, relatable. Yeah, hopefully. I, I think if there were two Kristens or two Jolentas on the show instead, it would not work out so well. I think it would get be pretty monotonous. Yeah. Can can we mm -hmm. sidebar and discuss Myers Briggs for one second? Because Kristen oh, yeah. enlightened me to this fact. But did you know it was just started by a mother and daughter who wanted to like categorize all their family members and weren't they like inspired by a son-in-law that like came into the family or yeah, something yeah the mother originally was yeah, like uh, who's this guy you're dating he is not like our kinds of people so then because she clearly had issues with her son-in-law she began to start categorizing people she's like he's in this category he's not our people and then she started categorizing everybody else around her until there were 16 types of people she decided on the entire planet based on her small circle of people oh my god and like don't people use that for like jobs yeah. it's, it's, like, it's like primarily <laughs> used by like you know employers you say the state department uses it yes Stop. The, yeah, government no. agencies, oh Fortune 500 companies, HR departments all over the world. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense because I know way too many people that have like government security clearances. <laughs> I'm from I'm from Northern oh, Virginia, yeah. and by no I Northern by like we're not Northern, but everyone worked in DC, and there's a lot of people that should not <laughs> have government clearances. <laughs> this You're makes like, more oh, sense now. They were relying I'm on like, this, did I went like, to high school with you? Test. <laughs> 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 this test like for someone who just wanted to like shit talk someone else. <laughs> I am I am making up the context. But 
that's what I imagine happened of just someone being like, who the fuck is this guy? I'm going to categorize him as bad, but that means I have to make a whole bunch of fucking categories, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> I don't think it's very far off, Jolenta. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't either. Um, how long have you guys been doing the podcast together? Oh, man. Oh, gosh. We've wow. been doing the podcast together since 2016. 16? Oh, shit. Okay. I 16? think so. Like, I remember my entire, the, my I remember entire married life with it Dean Trump has just been elected, recorded. Like right when we started or something. Yeah. Inaugurated when, or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. that was around like 2016, 2017. Yeah. So yeah, Dean and I pretty much our whole married lives have yeah. been recorded for the show. So yeah, that's like seven years now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And do y'all feel like doing this podcast? It's a long time. That's a long commitment has helped you with your relationships. <laughs> so say like with Dean, it's so it's funny. Question. Because, yeah. Um, Dean is unlike the other three of us on the show. So Jolenta and Brad are, um, storytellers, performers, you met I mean, we acting met, school. We met working at a theater. We met like because we were both actors at the time and he he now works in news. So he like performs, but like performs as, you know, someone who tells you the news. Um, but he's he he mm -hmm. is a podcaster, too. Like we share this studio that I'm in. So he's he's like very familiar with with our world. Yeah. And um, I was already very accustomed to being on the microphone, on TV and so on because of my culture criticism and so on. And Dean is kind of the odd man out amongst us. And, you know, the he big question- He has like a normal like, tech job. <laughs> yes, exactly. And the big question, like, how do you feel about being on this show? And his answer was always, honestly and sincerely, I love it. <laughs> he loved being <laughs> on the show. He loved hamming it up. He, I mean, there were some awkward moments where, um, especially on By the Book, where we were recording all sorts of things between us that he got ribbed for, though. Mm -hmm. um, for example, one there's time, one episode. Yeah. Oh, the, there's the an episode where episode. she and Dean take a bath together and are like all flirty. And it's very like, it's a little cringy. Yeah, Jolenta was covering cute, her ears and her eyes and screaming. Yeah. <laughs> and so... I love that, though. Why, why, why was the decision to do it in the bathtub? Like, I love that. What was the well, reasoning? We were living by a book called The Five Love Languages yeah. at the time. Yeah. Ah, and a lot okay, of the books okay. we lived by, our husbands got wrangled into it, whether they liked it or not. And so that was, that uh -huh. was one where um, it was decided that Dean's love language is physical touch and the more physical touch mm. the better and um mm -hmm. and we ended up in the bathtub recording at a certain point and <laughs> yeah so um we, we've like, gotten up to yeah. all sorts of adventures if you do shows. i don't know if you watch real housewives <laughs> natalie Kristen doesn't but for any of your listeners who do who do like it was reminiscent of any bathtub scene we've seen on housewives where you're like <laughs> oh okay. i can tell you want to show us how intimate you are but we don't necessarily want to see it and i feel uncomfortable <laughs> and like all of a sudden like i'm like sort of like watching my parents in a tub i don't know <laughs> and not that Kristen is my parent or my parents age but all of a sudden it became like that listening to the my friends in a tub together well a tub is just so sensual so intimate, it's so yeah. intimate that it's a really interesting that's why I was like why did you do this in the tub that's so funny it's like 
so private. Like you assume no one wants to see it. No one wants to hear it um, or show it. And that's why I'm like, oh, I love this. And as someone who's like, oh, there's only, there can't be like only 12 types of people. Do you believe there's only five types of love languages? Oh gosh, absolutely not. No, that's, I think (laughs) that's malarkey. I just, I'm not a fan of typologies. I think the world is Mm. way more complex and way more messy and way more interesting. And I think that in a lot of ways, categories are very safe feeling for people. They're very reassuring. Mm, It gives the world some sort of structure and order. But in a way, it also, to me, feels um, not as brave as approaching the world knowing we don't always know the answers. Let's be a little braver. Let's accept the fact that there's lots of gray areas. Let's accept the fact that we don't always know the answers. And that's part of what makes life so exciting and interesting. When I walk out the door, I might not know what happens next. And that's part of what makes life fun, right? Um, And I don't want everything to be predicted or everything to be in categories. Um, But, you know, then again, um, I know that we all have different approaches to the world. I I know a lot of people prefer that. So I don't want to tell people they're wrong for liking the world that way. Um, (laughs) But I I do think Mm -hmm. that it, it does mean missing out on a lot of the excitement of the world if we try to always have things so orderly. Yeah. And... I was going to say, we also just have to look at like where these categories are coming from. Just like Myers-Briggs, like the guy who wrote uh, Five Love Languages, Gary Chapman, he was primarily like a Baptist uh, minister kind of guy. And the five Mm. love languages are based in like somewhat Christian doctrine. And that can, Mm. you know, have sexist undertones or overtones and, you know, value marriage above like all else when, you know, maybe it shouldn't be advised to stay in a marriage. So like, sure, if I've loved sure five love languages were fun to live by and like honestly it did help both of us i think understand our spouses a bit more like you have Mm -hmm. to remember like ultimately this is some like very christian guy like also imparting his agenda the same way myers-briggs is like this is a Mm -hmm. woman and her daughter like wanting to talk shit about people (laughs) Mm mm-hmm which that I respect a little bit more <laughs> yeah. than talking shit. Like, I'm like, you know what? Good for you. You made this so elaborate. Right. Good for you. Um, oh, I had a question and then I lost it. It was about my, it was about types and categories. Were, were you guys at all like on dating apps before you were with your respective partners? Oh, I've been yeah. on hundreds yeah. and hundreds of dates with online people. Hundreds. I've done all the things. The nerve. She was the a okay dating Cupid, fiend Tinder, before her husband uh, came into the picture. Cr- Craigslist, name a way to date. I did it. I, I've done it all. Plenty of fish. Oh, I think I did that for about 15 minutes and I was like, not for me. And Hinge, that back when I did scary. Hinge back in yeah. the day, I hated it because the version I did, it was only people who were connected to your connections. And I'm like, I don't want to hmm. go out it with was people like who are friends Facebook of friends. friends, wasn't it? Or yeah. Something? And I'm like, no, I, I need... a a fresh ecosystem I don't want to date somebody who's my friend's cousin I just can't handle that idea like I want to date somebody I don't know (laughs) I know a lot of people prefer to date people who are friends of friends but to me that's the worst nightmare because if the sex is terrible and I have to see them at a party later I'm like I never want to see you again no Mm -hmm. or if it just like falls apart but you're still like in the same group like it's messy 
But I feel like a lot of, like, I haven't been on a dating um, app in a long time, but I feel like they really rely on these, like, types. Like, I'm this type of person. You see it I'm, so much Like, when you're doing profiles. your bio. Yeah. yeah. No, so it's really interesting because what you're saying about, like, it does, for a lot of people, myself included, like, I love Tell Me Everything have a book tell me everything about me I want to I want to eat it all up but it does put you kind of like in this box and then you find yourself not um what's the word not willing to explore yeah. more I guess and how much that could hinder us in just anything like work dating friends all that shit well, and Kristen have you ever been on tinder oh my gosh that's how I met my husband yeah I I love tinder Yay. and a funny thing about those categories I swiped right on my husband, despite the fact that the first thing on his profile was his Myers-Briggs letters. I was like, oh, God, he seems oh. cute. I like his other answers, but uh, I, OK, I'm going to I'm going to swipe right despite this. And now we're married. <laughs> I think the fact that he was from Australia, like over wrote <gasps> the fact. Oh, New Zealand. Oh, my God. Fuck me. It's because I've been it's <laughs> because I was Chewy. just watching uh, the Traders Australia, which is a deep cut <laughs> reality show that makes me sound very weird. What was I going to say? But I was going to say, did it didn't the fact that he uh, was from New Zealand and like was probably going to have an accent also help like override the Myers-Briggs aspect? I think that um, the idea cute. that I think the idea that he was um, so jolly, I think, appealed to me. And, and jolly um, attracts jolly. And and I think I was at a point in my life where I was tired of dating complicated, messy uh, mm -hmm. people with a dark side who yeah. Yeah. were frequently like. Like, I wanted people to wear their damage on their sleeve because I have so much damage and they're not going to understand an emo, me. an emo oh, guy. Yeah. yeah, and right. I just and felt you like you're never going to like understand how fucked stuff, up right? I am if you're as jolly as I am. You're right. never going to understand. And um, so I just presumed, like, only the ones who were kind of man babies and kind of a mess were the best ones to date. Mm. But when I met my husband, he... He wasn't like that. And I the think opposite. that's, yeah. yeah, I think I was just ready to like date somebody not like that. And, and it ended up being a great match. And turns out he has shit tons of trauma too, just like me. He just He's doesn't just act like it. just fucked up inside. Just, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and um, I don't need to date comedians or musicians who are fucked up both on the inside and the outside anymore, <laughs> which um, Jolenta and I, by the way, we do have to point out something because you've talked on your show a lot, Natalie, about obviously and just like that. And Shay and Jolent and I have thoughts on Shay. Oh, yeah. Speaking of dating I, comedians. <laughs> yes. I love this so much because now everyone I see is like, let's talk about Shay. Um, and I said so many times in the podcast, do not date comedians. Yeah. Like, just don't do it. Even female comedians, man. Most of us <laughs> are <laughs> fucked up and are not in therapy. If you're in therapy, if they're in therapy, Go for it. They're not. Yeah. Don't you dare. I always don't feel like I got lucky because I, I became a comedian after I got with my husband. So like he got trapped into mm, it. You know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're not using therapy as a stage and treating people like no, shit, no. you're good. I'm in therapy and my material doesn't come from it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, thank God. But um, Che. I must hear your thoughts yes, on Che. Yes. So yes. first of all, everybody who hates the character of Che, I just want to say so you hate the one thing on this show that's accurate because Che <laughs> is the most accurate depiction of what it's like to date a comedian or be a comedian 
in New York that I've experienced mm. as somebody who unfortunately fell into the trap of dating more than one comedian in New York in my life. Um, mm -hmm. Somebody who, for some reason, um, is able to only be open and vulnerable if they're on a stage in front of a bunch of other people, but can't do it one-on-one -on -one and acts totally destructive one-on-one -on -one, and also somehow fails up all the time, even though they're not at all funny. And I'm like, who are all these people laughing <laughs> yeah. in the audience? You're not funny. I don't understand. I'm looking around. Why are they clapping? Are they all high right now? Did everybody snort a bunch of lines before this? Because none of this is funny <laughs> right now. And then the one-on-one, -on -one, uh, you know, fear of vulnerability one-on-one -on -one versus willingness to be vulnerable for material on stage is such an irritating dichotomy to me with a lot of comedians mm -hmm. where one-on-one... -on -one, Instead of telling my truth to you because you're only an audience of one, I'll just have a chip on my shoulder. Got that big or, wall up, yeah. Yeah, I'll have a wall up or my way of communicating will be to nag you or whatnot. It's like, ah. Mm. Uh, also, I'm not your material. Don't test out stuff say, on me. I was going to say, and the material. Stop testing out stuff yeah. on me. Yeah. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. testing stuff mm -hmm. out on the person, also using the person, using, yes. using you in their set. Like, yes, it, it yeah. rings true, especially for me, the frustration of they're not even that funny. Like, yes. That's what it feels like <laughs> to watch a lot of comedians. Yes. Rise. yes. That's so funny because I've actually never thought about that part. But there are so many comedians right now that are pretty big that I'm like, how I've, you're not, not funny. funny and you're kind of a dick like, yeah. like, all like, the time. You know, you're a bad person. I've never had to interact with yeah. you. Oh, that's true. It's yeah, sobering. I think it's a sobering I, reality that Che Che is actually bringing to the show. Yes, yes, and I know not everybody <laughs> likes Che. I know everyone finds Che irritating, but that's because comedians are irritating. Okay, Che is being accurate yeah. at least. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think Che is an accurate character, but I can't stand them. <laughs> yeah, um, and I think that's really, but I also think that's really important too. Like with Sex in the City, we never had out of the four anyone that you really hated except I feel like Miranda got a really shitty um reputation for just being truthful and like having really strong boundaries and not being as promiscuous uh, I feel like promiscuous is not the right word as open as Samantha mm -hmm. like every 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 character had their like thing that you were supposed to hate about them it was like Samantha's too slutty Miranda's too bitchy Charlotte's too prude and then like Carrie was supposed to be like like the the woman you wanted to be when it turns out Carrie is an Carrie's awful the worst. Friend. Oh, yeah. I awful hate person. her. She's actually She's the, the fucking most worst. Centered, most like pick me. Mm -hmm. Like, oh yeah, she is the patriarchy mm -hmm. in a woman's body. She's just yes. like, like, oh, gotta please the man. Gotta chase chase the rich guy who treats me badly. Gotta throw my friends under the bus. Men first. Um. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. I. Anytime I do like a major change, I also watch Sex and the City. So right now, I don't know if you can see it. I just oh my it gosh, <laughs> yes, right, right before All the right. show. So you just you just quit um, your job. Now it's time to break out the Sex and the City. But you rewatch it and you just watch how messy they are too. and like especially Char not Charlotte, especially Carrie. Like we just, I just did the. She just got broken up with mm. Burger and like how. Not that she handles it terribly, like it's a terrible situation, but how hard she tried to keep this guy who literally hated your success, like literally could not handle your success. But he was like a writer. So like he gets it. And it's like, no, he doesn't. You need yeah. to walk away. He's being like, a dick because you're, you're like, succeeding. Like, yeah. He's, mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and like that's such a red flag, but she just wants it so badly. Or like with Big, I never thought her and Big no. should end up together. I've always hated Big. And so having Aiden show up, I was like, yes. Yeah. Was, spoiler alert, was Big a mistake? I think so. I think Big was a mistake. And now you're miserable and potentially waiting six years to be with this person because that's who you should have been And she with. only likes Big because no, he Aiden, has money, right? Or, or why does she like him? I've never understood she why she like Is it because he's tall? She liked the mystique. She liked that they, I think she liked that they like played into like very stereotypical, like hetero gender roles. Like, I don't know. But he always treated her so yeah. badly too. He was always he very like dismissive. Shit, and she's always like showing up being like, I'm your candy stripper. Like when he had yeah. his heart attack. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why? Why? Yeah. He's a dick. He's so bad. And that was like, it came into my life in a very like formative time when I was learning about dating and relationships too. And like I was a late bloomer. And one of my first like real relationships, I'd be like, well, this is what happened with Carrie and Big. So this is what's oh, no. supposed to, like it's supposed to be this, this dramatic. It's supposed and, to be, yeah. I'm supposed to cry so much. And then you realize, oh, no, 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 no. Like I've said this on the podcast a few times. Um, sorry to my listeners, I've heard this a million times. But when that ended, when I finally broke it off, what stopped what got me to stop it was my mom the the guy had like left me in a bar like we were supposed to go home together he got mad at me over something and just left me and i didn't realize such an asshole he was a comedian Uh, he left me at ucb ucb east bar after like after kissing ass for a comedian who i love this woman is so sweet but he just ignored me was like kissing Uh. her ass um, and then I made a snide comment of like, oh, cool. You're going to talk to me now. And then he just <gasps> laughs. And I didn't realize oh, it. I bet but I, I like that called guy my once. mom the next. <laughs> oh, I hope not. I hope not. Um, he's like sort of successful now, which is really annoying because I know how shitty of a person he is. And people are like, he's so nice. And I'm like, <laughs> he's emotionally abusive. <laughs> and, um, I had called my mom and she was like, I'm crying and telling her everything. And she was just like, look, like you don't sound happy. Mm. And you haven't in a really long time. And it was finally the thing that like got me out of it. And she was like, it's supposed to be boring. <laughs> and I never understood what that meant. And now I'm like married and with my husband, um, we've been together like eight and a half years. And I was like, oh, she means there's not supposed to be drama. Like it's not boring. Boring. I have a great fucking time with him every day. But there's no stupid fights. Yeah. There's no like we're trying to get under each other's skin. We're going to be withholding. We're going to do silent treatment. Uh, we're going to find ways to just hurt each other in such specific and vulnerable ways. And then I was like, oh, got it, got it, got it. But you watch Sex and the City and you're like, but there's so much drama. Yeah. And they end up together. Yeah. Like they end up happy together with such a basic name like John, <sighs> too. I was like, oh, well, you know what bugs me? Not just that they ended up together, but that he got let off easy. He just gets to in the first season of And Just Like That die of a heart attack he just gets to croak yeah you know what you know what should have happened he should have died of a heart attack while fucking somebody else because that would have been (laughs) his character and i really hate it when they decide like oh this is not the same character it was but we just decided to change this whole character and it's like that character would have still been sleeping around that would have been the more accurate Mm -hmm. continuation of that he was sleeping around during his other marriage like why would it stop exactly exactly He marries someone 20 years younger than him. Like, they never fully say his age. They never fully say Natasha's age. She's clearly younger than Carrie. Like, she's very young. Oh, yeah. 
clearly like 10 years younger than Carrie. So she's probably like 24, 25 when they get married. He's at least 44, mm-hmm. 45 when they get married. Like we just get all these red flags, but we ate it yep. up like crazy, which is why um, the show Girls, which like has its issues. If you rewatch it, it's such a better representation of that messiness. But people start to see why they it's become so bad. Like, like a bit self-aware, guys- right? At least, at least oh, Marnie yeah, like, does, or not Marnie. At least Shoshana does. Like so that. Oh my god, that episode where she's like, "You guys are toxic for me, and I want no more mm-hmm. of this." If you're just like, "Oh, oh yeah. I can see every friend in that like that time of my life where I'm like, we're not friends anymore because you were fucking toxic, or I was toxic for you." Yeah. Like learning, learning your own toxic shit, like in it all too. I'm getting so worked up because I love this <laughs> stuff because this is like my type, right? Like this is like what. How do we get here? How do we figure out how to be just like better to Mm. ourselves and like each other, you know? Yeah. But girls, I just have to remind everyone, that's a bunch of young women in their 20s. And I think one thing that Mm -hmm. is a little, you know, bothersome about Sex and the City, I think the characters were supposed to be in their mid-30s up to age 40 or mid-40s, right, when Mm -hmm. that show was originally running. And, And that made it, you know, a little tough if we were younger than that which I think everybody here was younger and we looked up to that and it's like right. oh is that what womanhood is and it's like yeah eek. whereas I feel like girls is just like they're owning the fact that these young women kind of are still kids in a lot of ways right and, and like they open the show yeah. with like the parents sort of establishing like yes. you, you're ridiculous or like this is yes. a ridiculous phase of life where, like, meanwhile, you know, when I'm, like, renting the Sex and the City DVDs, you know, my senior year of high school, my mom's in the kitchen being like, you know, this isn't realistic. This is not how life is. <laughs> and I'm like, whatever. It's just not your life. But, like, in New York it is. It's like, no. No, it's not. <laughs> like, I promise. Yeah. Isn't it so, like, I don't know about you, but, like, Sex and the City is, like, what got me to New York. I was like, this is life. This is what I want my life to look like. I want to be surrounded by all these people. I want to be surrounded by these buildings. Like, I don't want to live. Um, I'm from Stafford. I don't want to live in Stafford, Virginia anymore. Um, and we also, we, my dad was in the military. So when I was younger, at one point, we lived in Seoul. And so I was like, and I think that made me want to be really in like city. in a big yeah. city, like just massive city. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's just sex in the city with that opening Ugh. scene, like credits where you just see all like, all the people and she's in that tutu and you're like, that's, that is the life that I mm-hmm. want. Like that is how influential like media is. Like it, it can change your life and you're like, this is a shitty show in a lot of ways. Um, but here we are like here we're doing it. Yeah, totally. Do you guys like, and just like that? I hate it so much, but of course I watch it as, as <laughs> okay. I hit, as I hit the play next, I say, fuck this show. And then, of course, I like, hit this play is next. So dumb. This is so yes. dumb. This but is what, so what's stupid. gonna happen? Like, yeah. And they're doing who, Miranda so fucking? dirty. Like, no. like they're oh, just you. They destroyed that character. Yeah, they're doing her so dirty. They're turning her from somebody who used to be cocky to the point of sometimes being irritating in her convictions to being somebody who doesn't mm. know how to do just basic things like answer her phone now. Like there's something completely wrong have with her you, character where she's just like a mess now. The side by side clips, I've seen a bunch on TikTok where basically Miranda is turning into Carrie. 
And there are oh. these side by sides mm. where like people where like uh, Miranda's giving Carrie shit about like you're moving to Paris. And then there's the scene where Carrie's giving Miranda shit like you're moving to L.A. Like, oh and my it's gosh. like and it's like um, a lot of her behavior. If you like go look back through Natalie, I'm sure you'll see a bunch of it in this rewatch. But like a lot of there are a lot of scenes that mirror each other. But all of a sudden it's Miranda. That's the one being like given shit about how much her head is in the clouds wow that's so funny because i really find miranda's character to be really really accurate for someone going through a midlife crisis and being older you know like so i totally get it you do you you see her lose herself but i was like no that's what would happen in this moment you're giving up everything um and it was Someone, someone was like, ah, uh, like I was at a bar and cause everyone knows like about my podcast and like my show and that I love sex in the city. And I was at a bar and one of my friends was like, I hate Steve Brady. And I was like, huh? <laughs> like the football player. What are you talking about? Cause I was like, I never call him Steve Brady. And she was like, Steve, he was a baby. And I was like, yeah, but that's, they do that on purpose. Like they're showing that there are different parts of their lives. Like Steve is not a bad person. Like Steve, you know, yes, was a bartender and like didn't have as much money as Miranda, but like not a bad guy. But then if you think about her now and then just like that, like she did take right. care of Steve He's a like lot and she took care kid. of Brady mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so now she's in her 60s. Her kid is grown. She's now leaving Steve. So she's like, now she's the baby. She's right. like, I just yeah. want to make all these like weird mistakes and stuff. Um, and, and this is why I fucking love these shows. Cause it's like, there are these really good moments of humanity of just like, you can really see yourself in it and be like, Oh, I actually maybe would act like that. And I also just love Charlotte being a slut now. Like, but she literally calls herself a cum slut in this. I was like, finally, let's have something for Charlotte. And I also think we're gonna get Samantha back in season three. You think three. she'll be fully back? I think we're. I think we're gonna see her. Yeah, she's I think she so didn't do it to the show. Yes. Because, like, she's she the best really character. Is. She's so she, to me was the heart. Like, and it's been yeah. hard without her. Yeah, and she's the only good friend oh, amongst yeah. them consistently. She's she the only one consistently who consistently has everyone's not back. center men. Yes. Yeah, and she she's can, the only one yeah. who doesn't um, mm-hmm. doesn't slut shame anybody else. She's the only one who doesn't behind anyone's back say anything that's unkind. And no matter how bad your situation is, she'll show up for you, even after she has a you know a disastrous facial with her face all peeling off she'll show up at your art <laughs> opening even when you're sick and acting like a dumb baby because of a breakup and you're not really sick she'll show up and feed you soup you know she'll help babysit even though she hates babies she'll do anything for her friends will her mm-hmm. friends go to those lengths for her no they never do but she does it for all of her friends all that's the time. why she took a break probably <laughs> yeah and that's why carrie's such a shitty friend uh-huh. i just watched that episode where it's like she's saying she's sick you're going to know everyone. You're going to know everyone at this fucking release party. That's for mm-hmm. you. Calm yeah. down. Uh, oh, and then like when she was like, Miranda, you have to come to me saying goodbye to my apartment. You're not even moving from New York City. <laughs> You're just moving to Gramercy Park. Like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. She's been in that apartment so many times. Yeah, you're literally so moving 35 blocks. Settle down. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Yeah. You're good, girl. You're good. Yeah. Uh, I, rem- I know I hate I, I remember hate getting so, so angry at her I rewatched uh sex of the city at the beginning of the pandemic and I remember just being so mm-hmm. angry at how rude she was when they'd be at the cafe like 
It was always usually Charlotte being like, I'm dealing with my miscarriage or like, like I'm divorcing Trey or whatever. And then <laughs> Carrie will be like, this posted though. And like interrupt everything. And it's like, oh my gosh, she cannot see past herself in this horrible way. Mm-hmm. She really can't. And like, I, I think at one point we've all done that to our friends before, but then you can start to think about people in your lives that are that too. And you're like, wow, why, like, you're like, why did I let that happen for so long? Why was that okay for so long? And I, if, and just like that wants to be better, I would love to see there be a real rift, like a yeah. real one between all four, not just Samantha, um, to see how they would handle that and deal with it. And like, would would she learn because she like, hasn't really I remember and it's been how long Mm-mm. like mm-hmm. like we met her in her yeah. early 30s and she has not been able to like change that sort of me 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 and there's like a lot of reasons for that I feel like I remember talking to my therapist about I think I was talking about my ex because I was just like I wonder if he's different yeah. now like um and she was like people only change if they want to not if they ha- like not if they have to only if they want to and she was like and most people don't want to change because it's not fun mm. right it's like messy you're going to lose friends you're going to like find out shit about yourself that you don't like and then you've got to maintain that and you've got to actively work on that like no one wants to do that like everyone always says about like um getting better and being like healthier in that way they never talk about that part like it's actually like really ugly to go through and we've seen it with her right like we've seen like she's not changed she's the same person and now she's in they're in their 60s now like she's not changing no one in their 60s is changing their ways absolutely not the prime time to change is would be your yeah would have been when we first met her maybe (laughs) yeah maybe 40s if like something dramatic happened that's gonna make you like pause and be like oh right because you have to ask yourself like in like when i was going through like um some like depression and stuff like that i was like where am I the problem in this? And you're like, oh, there are places where I'm the problem. Here's where I'm being the toxic friend. Here is why this is happening because I'm doing X, Y, and Z. Um, but like Carrie's not self-aware or right. she is and she's just going to ignore it because that's the worst, right? When you know those people that are self-aware and they're like, well, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm just telling you like it is. I'm just being that bitch. And you're like, no, you're just being a cunt. Like, I'm you're just, just being, honest. You're just being mean. Stop or, yeah, yeah. I'm just honest. being selfish. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I one thing I do want to say that is on a more hopeful note, I do like to think people can change. Um, it's not just something for your 20s and 30s. I know um, somebody, when I first moved to New York, I met somebody named Rose Kalich, and she was in her 90s, um, I believe, early 90s. And when I met her, mm-hmm. I just thought she was such a delight, so friendly. And I asked a lot of questions about who she was and how she came to be. And she said, well, when I was 80, I made a decision. I'm not going to be shy anymore. And that's when my life opened up is when I made the decision. And she said, people are constantly evolving. People are constantly changing. We don't give them credit for it. There's this thing called, you know, second adolescence menopause, where a lot of, you know, women make major changes Mm. in their lives. There's the evolution a lot of people go through when they reach retirement age. There's the evolution as we accept the fact that we're elderly. And she's like, People change all the time. We just never give attention to those people. We only give it to young, sexy, 20 and 30-somethings uh, because that's what our culture is obsessed with. She says, we're always whoops. evolving. Yeah. 
So I, I like to think I like to think I Rose Kalich is right. Yeah. I hope she's right. Uh, she better be. <laughs> I hope right. I hope so. No, that's great. And I love that. That's I feel like that's probably the outlook on your podcast of just like there is why why put ourselves in these boxes of like this is the only time that you can change. Yeah. Yeah. I I I, I really yeah. believe that. And I also think the fact that we're so ageist in our society also contributes mm. to us saying, right. mm-hmm. oh, I can't try that job now. I've been in this job so long. I'm 33 now. And it's like, oh, shut up. You can change yeah, jobs. Like, it's gotten can... me this far. So like, yeah, don't it's need fine. to change it. Like, yeah. Or I'm mm. too old. I'm never going to find love. I'm 54. And it's like, you know what? With life expectancy being the way it is, even if you don't meet someone for another six years, you're going to be stuck with them for over a quarter of a century because of life expectancy. So <laughs> it's it's really like not over yet. Please don't frame things it. as it's too late now. It's not. I, um, I've nannied a lot in my life. And back, I want to say this was like 2014, 2015. I'd have to go on this play date with this woman that was a lot. She was a lot. And she was like, I think like late 40s, maybe going 50s. But she'd always be like, yeah, I just didn't think. I was going to meet anyone and then like I worked for him like it was her boss like she was he's like a dentist I think or like a doctor and she was like like an I don't know like receptionist or something and I was like that's great I'm so glad for you like I'm so glad you're happy but she also still kind of seemed miserable and then I went to a play date at her house and uh, this other mom this other nanny my age was like have you not been to their house yet and I was like no what am I walking into and you walk in on literally on the water of East River. It's this gorgeous apartment. And half the apartment is this husband's train set. <laughs> he had built in what? a full mountain. No, I was not mountain. expecting that. <gasps> I know, I know, right? Like no one, everyone thinks it's going to be like some I was gonna weird say sex, sex shit stuff or something. Or just it's really like messy massive, or something, but no. This mat, like I can't, like it was like 10 feet tall. It had people. It had like different seasons. It was no one could touch it. It was only his. Like the ch- the children can touch it, and he would just come home and just play it. Oh, and I'd be like, I love it. I'm glad. I'm glad love worked out for you. I'm glad this feels very like you know a great partnership. <laughs> so glad. Wow. 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 I think that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I don't think I ever really interacted with him because he'd come home if I was like there. It'd be like, okay, now it's time for you to leave because he's gonna go play his train. Like he's gonna, yeah. gonna play his toy now. And you're like, okay, cool. Okay, cool. do you? How much did this oh, cost? Because I, I have nothing in my checking. How much that cost? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Ugh. Now yeah. I'm just imagining going into like some nice, beautiful apartment and just having it being overrun with like tiny figurines. Mm-hmm. It's like where the dining room should have been was just like this massive. I, I love it so much. I love thing. it. I, to me, it seems um, weird and funny in a way that it's not weird and funny when your husband or boyfriend or dude that you know just goes home and plays video games for six hours a night. Like it's kind yeah. of doing the mm-hmm. same thing, only it has its own quirks and so humor to you it. Can, yeah, you can paint them yourself. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it, it it's almost like a dollhouse the, um, situation. Only it's like dollhouse stuff that moves, yeah. right? Yeah. I always think of The Sopranos actually because of the scene where um, what's his face gets murdered. He was going, 
He was looking for like new trains or like yeah, there was someone was, that did model yeah. trains, wasn't there? I can't remember. It was one of the main characters. I can't remember his name, but it was like when they were taking. It was literally like the final like episode or two, and they're like everyone's yeah. getting killed, and he's he's literally wearing his little like conductor <laughs> hat. I think with his kid, and you're just like, oh man, that's fucking sad. Um, but yeah, that's what it makes me think of. And the, yeah, it's also like. It was a lot oh, to walk Bobby. into as like a Sorry, 22 year. Sorry, I just remembered. Big Bobby, oh, Bobby. who took yes. care of Uncle Jim. Bobby. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Um, it was like weird and like jarring to walk into, but then like I think now like older, it's like, well, I'm glad. I like seeing adults be like kids. Like I, I hate when I see, that's what always hurts my soul is when I see an adult that no longer has like want yeah. wonder. Mm. Like, an adult that hates snow, um, I'm always, like, suspect of. Like, I get it. It gets in the way of commutes. It gets – it's messy. But, like, snow in New York City is the most gorgeous thing in the world. And just, like, for a second, everything gets quiet and you can't see the trash. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, like, everything's covered. It's, like, you got to – you got to just, like, allow the wonder in. You got to allow – got to still love bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> you got to just, like – if a kid loves it, you should probably still kind of love it. Like, sidewalk shock, amazing. Like, just just be silly. Um I don't really know where I was going with that, but that's, uh, yeah, like trying to be as like true to your like inner child as much as possible. It's more fun that way. Yeah. 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 I think we saw a lot of it with COVID. I was going to say, yeah, a lot of like people looking inward being like, what do I actually enjoy to kill time? Like, and a lot Mm -hmm. of that, I think this has even come up in self-help books we live by where like, if you're looking for that, the advice is often look to what you liked when you were a kid. Like mm-hmm. uh, odds mm-hmm. are it still stands or part of it will. Um, mm-hmm. And it will get you to be like, mm-hmm. oh, right. I loved painting or I loved like building model shit or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Um, so normally what I do like around the end of the episodes, I like to ask my guests, like, is there anything we didn't talk to talk of or talk about that you'd like to? I feel like we covered a lot of ground yeah. and we got to talk about Pretty yeah. much everything Jolent and I already talk about all the time, which makes me happy. <laughs> and way more sex in the city. So yes, yes, yeah. I know. I I will always, always talk I'm, about yeah, sex. Kristen's in the city. just I, been waiting day. for a chance to unleash her Che theory. So yes, thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> yes, thank you for of giving course, us this chance. And it's a good yeah. theory. <laughs> always, anytime. Um, awesome. And so, does your podcast come out every week? Every other week? Every week? Yep. You can find How to Be Fine wherever you listen to podcasts. We come out every week. We talk about, like we said, um, sort of current self-help trends and dive into where they came from. If they're effective, mm-hmm. look at studies based around the trends. Um, and then we also answer a few advice questions that are usually sort of betterment, wellness, self-helpy related. And we try to help people just it. reach fine. We're not like giving you goals, goals and like optimum self directives. <laughs> we just want you to like feel okay. Yeah. Have you guys seen that? Um, there's a subway ad that's like, I think it's like Hinge or Tinder. That's like, it's okay to marry this person for goals. And you're like, what the, what copywriter? <laughs> okay, what does that even mean? What the fuck? <laughs> I know. What does that even mean? Ugh, like- why are we bringing goals what? into this? Don't do that. Yeah, not everything needs to be yeah. optimized. I don't need to yeah. optimize like that. I don't need to optimize naps. I saw a recent article about how to oh, optimize no. your nap. And I'm like, just let me take a nap. What's that? Optimize. Like close your eyes and sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just go optimize sleep. your water just consumption. It's like now. sometimes I just want to do things and it's fine. You know, 
just let me go on a walk. Let me take a nap. I don't want it to be the best, most perfect, most optimal version of a walk or a nap. Just let me do it. (laughs) Yeah. There's nothing at this point of like, are you using your time perfectly? Like you want work-life balance. Are you balancing the balance of balancing? And you're like, I just, and then that overwhelms me. And I'm like, well, now I'm just going to watch Sex and City for the 50th (laughs) time in a row. Like, cause that's going to make me feel calm. And I should probably actually go outside, but I'm not now because you've overwhelmed me. It seems like a great use of time to me. I always think watching TV is a good use of time. (laughs) Self-soothing in any way you need to is the best way to do it. And like, why not with TV? It's such a beautiful like language so many of us speak. Yeah. I think it's a great connector. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you're good. I hope you're having a great week or weekend wherever you're at in your life right now. Um, I feel like I get really like motivational or like self, not self-soothing, just soothing. But wherever you are is like where you are. And I think that's a really hard um, lesson, right? I, one of those memes got me um, that was like, you, you'll, I mean, I'll butcher it, but it was something like, stop, <laughs> stop thinking in the terms of what should have happened and start thinking in the terms of what happened. And I'm not going to lie. I've had a couple of like setbacks, um, more emotionally than anything, mentally than anything where I have been like, well, this is what should have happened. Or like, because of X, Y, and Z, this is why I should have gotten this or should have gotten that. And it is really detrimental to my health um I feel it I can feel myself getting a little bit more anxious and I saw that meme and I was like fuck that's what you do I wonder if memes count as like checklists too for like you know how you see yourself um social media has ravaged my brain is what I will tell you um but then there's these moments these little pockets of like this is good that that is what my therapist has been saying to me for years, um, which is true. I, I don't know why I'm doing this in the outro, but um, I'll leave you with this. I remember one time asking her, like, oh, well, I would have been a different person, right, if this didn't happen. And she was like, well, yeah, you would have been a completely per- different person if this thing did not happen in your life. But it did. So now you're not that person. You're this person. And... It was one of the hardest things to hear, but it was also one of the freeing things, most freeing things to hear too. Because she was like, it doesn't mean you can't, you know, get back to a certain person that you want to be, but this happened. So there's no shoulda, coulda, woulda. So now you're here. And where you choose to go from here is up to you. And I think that's pretty huge. And why am I doing this in the outro? I don't know. Remember to go like, subscribe, rate, review, listen download have a great time listening to their podcast Kristen and Jalenta's uh, podcast how to be fine and remember to rate like subscribe share review download smash I don't know awkward sex in the city we are also touring very soon we're gonna be in Seattle October 6th and we're going to be in LA October 20th and October 21st and we can't wait to see you soon we have a couple other cities coming up as well and y'all I'm gonna go I don't know do something for this raspy voice or some shit because maybe I am sick and that's why I was going on these weird tangents tangents and we'll talk soon bye y'all